in his back. I mean, it was, it was hotter than winter for a minute. But winter was just on vacation. I'll tell you a story. There used to be an agreement between the seasons. I mean, after a while, they decided to sit down and work it out. And they agreed that they would more or less come and stay about three months each, and then they would go to wherever seasons go when they're not where you are. And this would be a cycle that would go on all the time. And then one year in America, one of the seasons got mad. They decided it was going to stay. Decided that the way things were done there made it feel at home. People were not, people were not doing what they're supposed to. I mean, it wasn't the people. It was the people running this shit. You see what I'm saying? It was. There was something. There was some kind of vibe there that made made it feel like it wasn't even. It was just it's not. It's not going to go. But it wasn't in terms of the temperature. It was in terms of uh, the philosophy. The politics, the, the, the psychology, the way things were going in those directions. And so for a long time now, where we come from, there has been no spring, and no summer, no fall. We've been taken over by the season of ice. Very few people recognize it for what it is, although they feel uncomfortable. Very few people recognize the fact that but somehow the seasons don't change. I mean, you get acclimated, you get you get politically acclimated, you get philosophically acclimated, you start to you start to relate everything to the season of ice. And so your dreams become frozen and your ideas become frozen and your your promises become frozen in this frozen days and frozen nights. It is it's frozen aspirations and frozen inspiration. Something wrong. I mean, there's something wrong. I mean, there's something wrong. I mean, there's something wrong. I mean, we'd like to talk to you about a, a about a season that is taking over America. The season is winter. The song is called Winter in America. Oh, 
ideologies but these men got together in a in a room locked themselves and say we ain't coming out of here until we create a document that's going to help this country stay free we're going to establish a foundation here citizens of this nation to be free of liberty, free to practice religion, free not to practice religion, free to go anywhere they want to go, freedom to go nowhere if they don't want to go. How are we going to treat each other? How are we not going to treat each other? They created a document to me that's a million times better than the Ten Commandments. That is just my opinion and not the facts, okay? Ten Commandments don't tell you nothing but how to worship someone who has an ego. Me, me, me. That's what the Ten Commandments is about. Listen, read that thing. You shouldn't have no other before me. Me, me, me. You got to me, me, me. You got to worship me. Oh, yeah. Don't have sex with your next door neighbor, old lady. Ten Commandments don't tell you nothing. Don't tell you nothing. Even if you go back and read some of, some of the Jewish laws, stay at, what, 600 and something of them? All telling you what you was you shouldn't do. No, 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 no. Wasn't nothing about how to govern. Nothing about how to govern. But this document that these men did over here in this country, they created a brilliant document that has lasted all this time here up until my time. Up until 2020. Still relevant. Still is a foundation of governing, of guiding this country. 
Constitution of the United States, the Bill of Rights, the guys was brilliant. Now, as I watch, just like I watched 9-11, watch people take it apart. How they want to tell you that it's not relevant to today. And you got a whole lot of idiots out there who agree with these folks who say it's not relative. Because it doesn't take into account things that are happening today. But things that are happening today is the same thing that it was happening back then. Now under COVID, they want to take more our rights away from us. And they say the Constitution is silent. The Constitution... You know, this is trying times. You know, these are these are stressful times. We're under this the rest with this virus thing here. You know, the Constitution shouldn't apply here. They can just take our constitutional rights. But I heard that one listen to my one little podcast, and this gentleman, I like that boy Mark Garrison. He got he's suing the city of LA along with some restaurant folks. And one of his female lawyers made a beautiful comment. Now I can't quote it just quite like she did. But she said something to the fact that the Constitution was created under distress. So why shouldn't it apply under distress? Now she used the word, probably a different word than distress, but it was the same thing. The Constitution was created during a time when America was formal, go ahead, went through a revolution. It was people that couldn't get along, didn't know where our next meal was coming for, from, didn't even know where the currency, we ain't know nothing. These men got together who didn't even like each other. Got together in Philadelphia and they locked themselves up in the room and they came out with this document. Is it perfect? Nah. But you know what? That document is the best document in the world for governing a folks, a nation. But that document has slowly been eroding, being taken apart. Because each time something happened, a group of politicians want to throw it aside and create something new and take more of our rights that the Constitution, that the Bill of Rights, that them folks long time ago outlined that's still relevant today. Like I say, when 9-11, they did it. They wanted to took our privacy away and to spy on everybody. Now with this COVID thing, telling folks what they can and can't do. Now let me tell y'all something right now. I know you folks out there saying, well, you know, well, I know you people, you know, they want to they go get a haircut. They want to go eat. You know, they should wear their mask. Let me tell you something. Regardless about how you feel, if a person knows that there's a virus out there, and if they don't want to wear a mask, no government should have to make them wear a mask. Simple as that. You know, simple as that. If you want to wear a mask, you wear a mask. If they don't want to wear a mask, they shouldn't have to. Now, if you own a business and you got to sign up at your business, say, I'm not serving you unless you got a mask on, you come in this mask, then you can do that too. And they can't come into your business. Or you don't, you don't, you, you don't have to serve them. But people have rights to do whatever they want to do. That's what the Bill of Rights is. That's what them boys did. This is America. This is not a communist or socialist country. This is a republic. And much as you may not like somebody else, uh, how they want to go about carrying their business, they still have a right to. Even if they don't want to wear a mask. They not an a-hole. That's their right. 
Now, you got a right to put your mask on or not to go get for get away from around them. Simple as that. They can walk around. Homeless, homeless people walk around every day. You don't know what homeless people got and what they breathing out their mouth. You don't know. Do you get mad as homeless people? Homeless people, homeless, what the last homeless person that you saw walking around with a mask on? I ain't seen a homeless person yet round about my boss with a mask on. Do you get mad at homeless people when you come out the store and they standing there? No. But you get mad at somebody else who uh, who, who 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 look like they ain't homeless who don't wear a mask on. To me, that's their right. I wear masks because. I want to just keep myself as safe as possible. Not to say the mask going to protect everything. Because let me tell you, for one thing also is, how do you know these folks telling us the truth about what's going on? Now, like I tell y'all, I'm not saying that the virus ain't real. I'm not telling you, there ain't no virus is real. You know... I was listening to this other little thing here and they made a good little point. The lady was saying, I listened to the lady, she said that she went to get tested, right? And she said at one place that she went to in California to go get tested, she said it had a whole line of people. Now she said now, next to the place it was a Starbucks. So when she drove up, she thought all the folks was at the Starbucks. But all the folks that were standing in line were standing in line to go get testing. Ain't that something? To go get testing. Not six feet apart. They had their masks on. To go get testing. And they say if you look at some of the, the conditions of some of these places, you go get testing. Now, a lot of places have drive-through. You walk up, you get you, you, you drive, you drive through. But a lot of places, because everybody ain't got cars, a lot of places you still go into to get tested. And 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 that place ain't nothing but a big of uh, a big virus accumulation station because you got a bunch of bunch of people all herded together, not six feet apart, waiting to get tested. But yeah, they got masks on. But you think everybody wearing their mask 24-7? Why sitting inside that place? You got politicians telling you one thing and they doing another and everybody excuse it. Shedding businesses down. America, those men, those great men long time ago who wrote that document, how you think how you think they would govern today? Do you think they would say there's a virus out here? And y'all think about that. A virus. There's lots of viruses out here. How all of a sudden you pick this one out? You pick this one out. And they say the numbers are going up. It's going up because there's more testing going on. They're doing more testing now. Numbers going to go up. They doing more tests in the day than they was doing four or five months ago. Sure enough, the numbers gonna go up. If you do more anything, the numbers gonna go up. If you test football players every single day, somebody gonna get hit with it. Cause you're doing more testing. And I've been thinking of myself, I be scratching my head. I be scratching my head like a raccoon trying to get a garbage can off of a steel lid. I'm thinking to myself, people out here, but people they doing more tests, so you're gonna have more test results. You just gonna have it. People locking themselves inside their home. Now I can see old folks. I really can see old folks. Cause old folks you don't know. I can see old folks. And I'm not saying go out and go partying today or tomorrow. But I'm saying you got to come out your house and see the sunshine. 
You got to come out the house and sit on your front garret. You got to come out yourself, your house, and enjoy the world. Because what you going to sit inside your house and worry yourself to death and die inside your closed up house? Huh? Is that what you want? Because you're so afraid of a virus. Is this the only virus y'all ever known? No, this ain't the only virus you ever known. But this is the only virus that has been weaponized. It has been weaponized. Like the politicians say, that boy Raul Emanuel. You know that boy, he was he was the first one picked for the treasurer uh, for Obama. Then he was uh, mayor of Chicago. He said, never waste an opportunity to take advantage of a good crisis. And this COVID was just perfect. It's perfect crisis to get Donald Trump out of the White House. Perfect, perfect opportunity for governors to strong arm their constituents, their, their, their citizens, by telling you what you can and can't. Look at California. California's a mess. Washington State, Seattle is a mess. Michigan is a mess. Minnesota is a mess. How they weaponize racism. How they weaponize the George Ford, George Floyd situation. They weaponized that. Then when COVID came along, it was a blessing from heaven for them. They weaponized that. We got to get Trump out of office. They weaponized division. Gave you a president that don't, that, that, that don't even know his name half the time. And a vice president who, if, if the opportunity is right, I do you. It's just horrible. Now, that's just what I heard. I don't know that for a fact. That's just what I heard. But they use all these crises at the right time. Pharmaceutical companies just getting rich. Big, big, big uh, places like Walmart, Amazon getting rich. While this small fella, he can't even open a dose to his store. How do you think the drafters of the Constitution would feel about that? The government telling a person they can't open their store. They can't open their restaurant. First, they told the people in California, they say, if you're dying outside, it's okay. Now, they lock and tell them they can't dine outside. They can't eat outside. Just putting businesses out of work. And then, and then you find the same people who tell them these folks, these restaurant folks, they can't even dine outside now. They dining outside somewhere else. They eating their restaurants. Do you think the forefathers of this country would accept the government telling people that they can't celebrate Thanksgiving with their family? What kind of mess is that? But yet, they off on the airplane going to enjoy Thanksgiving with their folks. Sitting around the table laughing at y'all. <laughs> I told them that they can't eat Thanksgiving together with their family. They doing it. They sitting there eating things with their family. The social experiment. Will they obey? Will they listen? Or is we going to send our Nazi police at them? You know, something that I used to always think about, you know, people used to say, you know, the, the uh, you know, how could the people, how could the police and the, and the people listen to Hitler? How could people march people through the gas chamber? How could the guards and Oshawa and all them places, how could they march the Jews through the gas chamber knowing what was going on? Why would they listen to Hitler? Well, they're saying, look at right now. 
if you don't do something, the police, they, they gonna send the police or somebody after you to shut you down. To put you in a gas chamber. You wonder how they can follow Hitler? They look, look at the people they following here. If you don't do what we say, we gonna we, we, we gonna we gonna we gonna give you a five hundred dollar fine, or we gonna give you this many days in jail, and we gonna send our Gestapo out. So y'all wonder how could people follow follow Hitler's order and kill so many people? They would do the same thing here. You let the government say that go sick them. There's police, there's military, there's guards that do the same thing. They go out here and sick you and get you. This should be a real eye opener. Now, I really don't like my little pot talk here to go all like this here, but I'm just seeing so many things here. Now, look, now I could be totally wrong about everything that I say because I'm just laying up here figuring. And I say, let me put my little record on because I'm just figuring in my head. But I might as well just say what I want to say. I mean, as a little fella grew up in Louisiana, man, I dreamed about, you know, like I tell you, you know, you can be anything you want to be in this country. You can come about this by you. You can Only people that are holding you back is is you. And if you hang around some no count folks who don't want more than you want. But like I was telling y'all in my earlier pod talk, life is just so simple. We have complicated things. You know, I remember somebody saying when I little fella, they said that technology is going to make life easy for you. You know, instead of, in other words, instead of sweeping your floor with a broom, you're going to have that little robot always on the floor listen to you talk while vacuuming your floor. <laughs> Y'all see how I slick that and stuck that in on you? I say listening to you while vacuuming your flow. You know that little robot thing there? That right right around the flow. You know, while you talking all your business, right to your house, you know, eating up dirt off the floor by listening to you and recording every word you say and then why find it somewhere? Technology is supposed to make our lives easy. But the only thing technology has done was taking rights. From us. Think about that. Technology haven't made our lives easier. Technology has taken rights from us. Technology has made it convenient for us to be lazy by giving us stuff free and a tool where we can just do nothing and still communicate and get things but at the same time taking all our information and our rights from us so technology haven't made our lives easier technology has just taken over our lives you know we always want something free my daddy say ain't nothing free in life you gonna pay you're going to pay for whatever somebody gives you free. You're going to pay for it. One way or another. People don't get nothing free. <laughs> you know, I was listening to the little pod talk the other day. And I don't know if it's true or not. They were talking about this fella. I think it was over in Switzerland. This gentleman who first uh, came up with compression. You know, like a black compression video. Like you can take a video. An hour and a half video. And you can you can compress the bits down from like one point well, one point five gigabytes. You can compress it down to something like uh uh not yeah yeah your one point five gigabytes like an hour and a half movie. You can compress it down to something like twenty three kilobytes where you can actually stream it. Lower a lower a lower compress uh uh 
megabyte, but the quality of the movie is still good, you know, still good quality. And they was talking about that guy now. It's almost, almost like I'm talking about the guy who designed the, the car that runs on water. I don't know if it's true or not, but they, I don't know if this guy was true or not, but this guy happened to die. They say this guy did this in 19, in uh, 19, yeah, I think it was like 1980 or something, 80-something, when this guy came up with this, or maybe, maybe, maybe it was 90. Somewhere up in there, this guy came up with this compression, this algorithm that actually com compress big files. You know, like zip files, zip files are compressed. Zip files are compression of a big file, but they just, it's just put into a package and zip down where you can send it through the mail. And they're talking about how this guy invented this thing, but then he died. See, we think everything is new in the sun, but ain't nothing new in the sun. You got brilliant people out there. But you also got greedy people out there. And it's so unfortunate that you take so many creative people. You know, they don't care about business. Now, this guy, they say he, you know, he wouldn't show anybody his algorithm. He wouldn't show anybody how his compression system worked. And when he did show this gentleman and they was about to get this deal, they say the same day he died of a heart attack. He took all that information to the grave with him. If, if his algorithm was true, because they found some stuff later on that made them kind of doubt that he was even telling the truth. But they did see it work. They just didn't know how it worked and he didn't explain to anybody or wrote down anywhere how it worked because he was so paranoid. Now, that was kind of interesting. But it just made me think about you got so many brilliant people out here that just want to create, that just want to, you know, just want to do something great before they leave this earth. Want to leave something behind. And you got so many greedy people that's got good business sense but don't know nothing about creating. They just want to steal from somebody. Like in the music business a lot of times. Y'all heard of a lot of beautiful artists, you know, make beautiful music. But then you got the, the, the businessman per se, he come along. He just want to get it for nothing and steal everything. Like I was watching... Me and my buddy, I was over his house and we was uh having good cigars and he had that Zappa, Frank Zappa. He got that new documentary on Frank Zappa's on. I recommend y'all see that thing. And I got some good insights out there. And you know and this amazing thing about it, the same thing that was going on back then for the music business is the same thing that's going on now, but they are succeeding now. You know, what they call them deals are uh, 30, 80, 60, 80, not 60, 80, uh, 30, 60 deal. They got a deal called something like 30, 60 deal in the music business where, of course, the record company gets 60% and the artists get 30%, 30%. And, and it would amaze me that even back in Frank Zappa days, the record company was trying to pull that stuff and it was getting away with it to a certain extent. Because Frank Zappa was making beautiful music and he was so creative, but he wasn't focused on the business. But when he did start focusing on the business, he recognized what the recovery was doing. And it's the same thing they're doing today and with, with, into this digital age with these, with these young creative musicians. They're taking all their money. Because they know an artist, an artist is so creative. An artist is so creative that he he's not focusing on the business side of things. And for example, he stayed that he stopped, he changed that. He got his own, he got his own record company. He started doing his own thing. Because this man made he this man made music because he was creative. He didn't make music to commercialize. He had a commercial hit called Valley Girl with his daughter. A big hit. 
You think this man would try to capitalize off that? No, he went in a whole different direction after that. He didn't want to follow that song up with another commercial because he didn't create for commercialism. He created because it was his passion. He started doing orchestra. Brilliant man. I look at all these brilliant people. Even like Elon Musk. You think Elon Musk initially in this thing to make money? I don't think so. I think Elon Musk wanted to create, wanted to do something different. He wanted to take the world in a different direction. But he also understood enough about business, unlike some of the other creative people who just was creative and didn't understand the business, who don't understand the business. He understood enough to, in order to get what he want, to get what he need in order to drive his vision, he needs the businessman. So that's when you get these stockholders and these investors. Now it doesn't come because it's not about your vision. It's about making them money. So now you got to somehow balance making money and also seeing your vision, get vision, getting what you need to see your vision through. But at the same time, deliver profits. I bet you if Elon Musk can send a rocket to the moon or to Mars without having to satisfy stockholders, he would do it even faster. But he can't. Because you get money involved. And money is just such, it's just such a, a beautiful thing to me, but it's just a strange thing to me. I think to myself, how much money do folks need? But it's not money that folks need when they get to a certain point. It's the power. It's the information. It's the influence to control other people. That's what gaining enough money is because see money can be taken away from you at any time especially today a little 13 year old hacker he can make a he can make a rich man poor in the blank of an eye by just hacking his account the blink of an eye but it gets to the point about when you have this money you rise in stature you rise in influence now your voice becomes the voice. You know, like the Rockefellers, the Carnegies, some of the people that we have here today. You know, you get put into positions, political positions to where you meet other powerful people around the world. You join these uh I'm just going to call them clubs. You join these clubs with all these other influential people and y'all sit around and talk about how y'all going to control the idiots, the fool, the followers. You know, like me. Because see, y'all group, y'all little club here, y'all know what's best. See, it's all about being a part of the club. That's what money gets you. Money gets you into the club. And once you get into the club and you with the group, now you can make decisions over the idiots. You get rid of something like the Constitution. You don't need the Constitution. Get rid of that thing. We need to just destroy that thing. That thing there in our way. We need to stop educating the kids. You know, one of our cigar buddies, he's a teacher, a real intelligent young man. He's a teacher. And he was telling us some things that just made me sad. 
They don't want the teachers to teach the kids anything. They want these kids dumb as a rock. And they succeeding by handcuffing the teachers, the good teachers. The bad teachers, the only thing they want is a paycheck. But they handcuff the good teachers and they reward the bad teachers like they'll reward a good teacher. They're taking incentives, incentives, incentives away from teachers to just be average. Because they want the students to be average. They don't want to educate these kids no more. Because like I always tell people, the way it looks like to me, the influential people who runs our country says that we don't need everybody intelligent. We only need a few. So we only need a few kids intelligent. So we'll send them to the good schools, the influential schools, because that's the future. But the rest of these kids out here in these little cities, urban environments, we don't need them to be educated because we need followers. We need dominions. We need somebody to send into our military to go fight our wars for us because we can't send our little Ivy League school kid to fight a war. You know, he's got to stay around here and make decisions. He got to stay around here and, uh, and do the drugs and have all the sex and all that kind of stuff. So when he get a little older, he can be president or chancellor or over some corporation. He can be dumb as a rock. He don't need to be smart. He just need to be from a prestige background. In other words, he need to be from a family that's in our club. And he can find somebody that work for him. We got millions of kids in college that's dumb as a rock, but we can find a few of them to work for him. They want them in debt. They don't want it. It's already happening like that. Kids in debt. Don't want to educate the young kids. You don't want these kids smart. You don't want, you don't want the kid question anything. You don't want to teach a kid anything like critical thinking. You don't want to teach no kid about the Constitution, what them great men laid out for this country. You don't want to teach them kids that. You don't want to teach them kids that uh, uh, being rich is a good thing, striving for something is a good thing. You don't want to teach these kids creativity. We don't want these kids thinking like that. Once they start thinking about that, they're going to be looking at us. <laughs> you want to give them just enough to make them think that you're giving them something. <laughs> Strange times we live in. Very, very interesting times I never thought I'd see here in this country. Like I was always saying that, you know, people look at the way that uh, some folks are treated and they say, well, it ain't me. Well, let me tell you something. I always say, whatever people, folks, whatever folks you're looking at saying it ain't you, one day you're going to be in that situation. Hmm. One day you're going to know how it feels to be that other person. Just so marvelous, man, and miraculous. You know, you got, I watch TV now. See, I, I try to watch things. I don't know too much. I ain't too smart, but I watch TV now. Everything on TV is just gay. Everything on TV is gay. Every commercial is gay. It's feminizing. You don't see no commercial with any strong men on it. All gay. Black woman with a weak white man. Two females. An Asian woman and a black man. Asian woman and a white man. They trying to make everything so PC and so clean that it's just feminizing this whole country. But of course, that's what Black Lives Matter is all about. It's all about 
taking the masculinity out of this country under the precept that it's supposed to be a black cause. Ain't no black cause about Black Lives Matter. Just feminizing everything, even in the NBA, in the NFL. I watched the NFL and they start wearing pink gloves and pink shoes, talking about for breast cancer. One for no breast cancer. It's feminizing. And football players with pink headbands on. Pink gloves, pink shoes. I'm looking at this man, this a mess. Feminizing. Bringing, it, bringing everything down. Destroying masculinity because we don't want no strong men because strong men can fight back. Strong men need to go to prison. We don't need them out here. Now, listen to Mike Tyson the other day. Mike Tyson was saying, he says, you know, he said, men like me and Tupac, we were young and we were strong, full of uh, testosterone. You know, we was in our prime. He said they looked at us. <laughs> he said he looked at us like we was predators. Like we was rapists. He said, I didn't rape nobody. Tupac didn't rape nobody. But they looked at black and strong black men who were strong and dominant. Like they was predators. Need to be locked up. Mike Tyson say I'm 54 years old now. He say nobody even talk about me in the news. Nobody even talked about me. He said if Tupac was alive today, Tupac would be a great man, a great businessman. But he didn't make it through. It's a shame with this black lives man, this gay and lesbians. You know that's like something when the lesbian folks they compare themselves, their struggle to black people's struggle. And black people don't say anything. I say to myself, that is the most disrespectful thing anybody could do is the gay and the gay and lesbian compare themselves to black people. <laughs> that just shows you how the lies get blurred up there. You know what I mean? Lies get blurred. They make you believe anything like they so oppressed. You know, like they've been slaves. You know, like they've been eating hog mountain chitlins all their life. You know, like they've been wearing uh, old hand-me-down clothes. And everybody know th- these gay folks, they dress really good. They ain't never ran, run no war, no hand-me-down clothes. <laughs> and they cooks really good, so they ain't never eat no hog mountain chili. Just had, had to eat whatever folks threw out the back door, put together and make a slop out of it. <laughs> But they compare these struggles to to the civil rights movement. That is so disrespectful. And, <clears throat> and folks don't get away with it. I sit back and watch. But that TV thing, that gets me. I watch these commercials. I look at some of these commercials. These, some of these, all these commercials is gay or won't be politically correct. And you would not see one strong looking man on that. I, I see this one AT&T commercial. I look, they don't look at that commercial. I want to turn off with the big black guy on that tone. Oh, is a deal AT&T? He, like he called his mama. Mama, got deal AT&T. And the girl say, what she say? He say, oh, no, wrong number. Yeah, I look at that big black guy like, ain't that something? Hell? They find him when the biggest black guy and he just gay as he want to be, a flamboyant as he want to be. You couldn't get no strongest black man on that commercial like Dick Buckers. I mean, I mean, not, not Dick Buckers, but uh, Mean Joe Green or something like that. A strong black man. You got to get somebody feminist. Look at the commercials. All these commercials. Just weak, weak men. You can't be a real man. You can be a real man today. They, they put your butt in jail. You too aggressive. <laughs> you too aggressive. Uh-uh. Hey, strange days. But look here, I'm gonna roll over here, go to sleep now, and leave y'all alone. I just figured on some things. Just, just strange days these going on. But y'all pay attention to some of these commercials. 
pay attention to this COVID thing, you know, how they weaponize this thing. You know, I sure feel bad Trump is out of office, but I knew it all the time because these folks had a plan. Matter of fact, months and months ago, I was listening to this podcast about this fellow who was talking about the different algorithms that they are creating and the stuff that they learned from the last election. And he told the guy, he said, this election is going to be a lot different. This guy was hired by the DNC, right? His company was hired by DNC. This was months and months, months ago. I listened to this podcast. The podcast, it was on this podcast. I was called Danny in the Valley. It's a tech podcast where he interviewed people from Silicon Valley and some other places. Like I say, this guy was talking about how the DNC hired him and how some of the things that he learned from the last election and how the, how the outcome of this election would be much different. And it was. I knew it. It wasn't about the people going out to vote. It was about technology. They didn't need people. That's why that gal, that black gal, that's why she didn't go out. She didn't even go out there and campaign. She didn't have to campaign. That's why Biden didn't really have to campaign. They already had it. They are they like the guy was saying. The outcome was going to be different. They they got they got the algorithm down pat. This was much for way for the election. I heard this with my own ears. Notice that gal, that gal that go out and campaign, she had to campaign. Trump has thousands of people at his rally and Biden have four people, but yet he wins a whole state. Where was Biden people at? Biden, Biden, Biden didn't have enough people to come out, to, thousands of people to come out and support him in his rallies, but yet thousands of people came out to vote for him? Come on, people. I'm just saying, that's just my opinion, not the fact what I know. I don't know. I'm just talking, just talking my little talk, just like every other conspiracy theorist. I don't know nothing. But look, y'all gone. You know, I talk to y'all when I put the next show together or or let around figuring on things. May come back and say a little something, something, okay? All right, now, y'all be good. <laughs>